Hello, and welcome back to Cenophiles. I'm Henry T. Casey. I'm here, and we're, we got a special guest today. Um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to Cenophiles, the world's greatest John Cena film review program, for what is our last episode of the year. Um, we're going to be coming back to you probably in early 2022 for uh, Peacemaker on HBO Max, but we are here today with a very special guest, Caitlin McGarry of Gizmodo and formerly of Tom's Guide. How are you doing today, Caitlin? I am doing well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we have a Florence Ion in the chat. We got some flows oh, in this house. Is... We got some flows in this house. Um, Listen, I can't do anything to this browser, otherwise yeah. shit might go off the rails, so I can't see. <laughs> How many? We'll, relay, we'll relay the messages. So yeah, yes. OMG, yeah, okay. hi, 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 you know, in one word. <laughs> um, just so you know, how many technologists does it take to get uh, a Discord working in a web browser is two. <laughs> um, uh, uh, don't rev don't stream on a uh, beta unit is the other lesson we learned today. Um, mm -hmm. yep, and that's, uh, that's we've learned we're gonna learn some more lessons today, folks, because we are discussing yeah. a recent release on the Hulu Hulu uh, video platform streaming service. And it sort of, to me, is very much what I'd call a Hulu movie, because it sort of felt a lot like um, Palm Springs in a way. Like, this is, to me, like, it's a casual movie that if you went to see, you went to a theater for, you might feel like you were kind of maybe a little robbed, I don't know. Um, but when you're watching it at home as a part of your $6 or $7 a month, but we'll get to that later, no judgment yet. But, Caitlin, Welcome. Uh, the first Thank question you. that we love to ask on Cenophiles, and I think you're going to give the the most different answer to date. What was your first memory? Or do you remember the first time you encountered in the arts, in reality, in the TV, the man John Felix Anthony Cena? How did you first encounter John Cena? Total Bellas. That's a great answer. He was a shithead. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Former uh, fiance of Nikki Bella, yeah. I want to say, right? Total Bellas, yeah. One of the Bellas. I, I, there's a little. The there's Bellas some audio. I couldn't like... hear half of that. I was, I'm sorry. I was. I had a little bit of trouble hearing that. But yeah, Total Bellas. Yeah, the dick bag uh, fiance of the century. Great answer. I think that's yeah. like the first, the first non wrestling answer we've gotten, probably. Yeah. Um, but it, but in the same universe. Uh, and yeah, Mike, so... um, that brings us to the next <laughs> regular segment bit on this show. Yes. Mike, take us to the Wikipedia corner. Yes, uh, welcome oh. to welcome to this week's installment of the Wikipedia corner. Of course, uh, extra excited to talk about vacation friends with two of my favorite vacation friends, and I was so excited they actually came dressed for the occasion. Um, fully planned this out ahead of time. Have this nice uh, Discord vacation shirt. I believe it or not, I'm in my bedroom. I'm not on a tropical island, but you know it's that's that's the magic of show business baby uh so yeah a lot of a lot of fun facts this actually this wasn't from wikipedia but i just pulled this article uh you know we like to talk about box office numbers of course this is a streaming movie so that's not really a factor but according to deadline vacation friends had the biggest three-day weekend opening for an original movie in hulu history <laughs> so it is hulu's biggest opening original movie uh they already ordered a sequel called honeymoon friends so we will be back, folks. Uh, the whole cast is coming back, same director. So look forward to that. So by and large, this movie is already a success. Uh, taking a look over at Rotten Tomatoes, 
Uh, it's sitting at a 60% on the tomato meter from critical reviews and at 48% from the audience score, which sounds about right for this movie to me. It's very interesting that, like, we're going to get a Vacation Friends 2 before we get a Suicide Squad 2. Like, yeah. This is John Cena has uh, another franchise on his hands. Yeah, no, um, so, I'm so happy you said that the entire gang is incredible. Back. Yeah, yes, yeah. It I can, does set I up. I can the, see. I can see where this is going. Yeah, it does they, they set something set it up. up pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ugh. and let's kick things off. Um, with the first question, what was the moment that you knew, Caitlin, that this movie was going to be weirder than you expected? The, I think the cocaine uh, rimmed margarita. It wasn't the jet ski bong or the jet ski weed smoking? Cause that no, was... that, seemed, that seemed pretty pretty normal. It was definitely the cocaine. I was like, oh, okay, things are quickly going off the rails, and I have no idea what's going to happen in this movie, clearly. For... <laughs> I was expecting, like, a rom-com. <laughs> uh, and maybe, maybe that's what we got, but... Mike. Yeah, I, it was the exact same for me. Like, I, I was like, all right, this is going to be a typical silly comedy. I was getting some slight blockers vibes. Uh, just really goofy, really un, unfiltered. But, yeah, the cocaine scene, I was like, okay, we're strapping in. This is not exactly the movie I thought it was going to be. And it was, <laughs> in hindsight, that was really just the beginning of how absolutely bonkers Vacation Friends was going to get. And for me, oddly enough... It was the word um, when, when, okay, we meet Marcus and Emily. They got the airport in Vegas, in um, Mexico. Uh, got Vegas on the brain. Um, and we established that Marcus is a type A one. And when Emily picks up the phone, she addresses her father as daddy. And this was the moment where I'm like, okay, I'm going to judge. What do we think about grown adults who refer to their father as daddy? Like, what do we think about those grown adults? Henry, I don't, I don't have time for therapy this morning. Yeah, there's I don't, I don't think we on. have to go. There's, there's plenty else to talk about. I think we could leave that to the side. Okay. But, uh... So, yeah. And then we see, so we see Marcus is the nervous one. Uh, clear glasses gang representing um, Marcus. Lovely, lovely, uh, fun, but also awkward character. Um, he's, they're going to the very hot, it seems very classy hotel. Um, they're talking all have you have you guys ever gone to one of these hotels where you can pre-pick your masseur or umbrella color? Yes. That I knew I the answer would be yes, Caitlin. That was why I asked. Um, <laughs> that felt targeted. <laughs> I have not, believe it or not. I could. I don't know if we could have had that opportunity at um, the last trip. I could have maybe tried, but I didn't really. Um, but then we establish. Um, that yeah, um, they're planning a big trip, and there's we late Marcus and Emily look out, out from their car, and they see on a jet ski, that's John Cena, and his lady friend, she is smoking weed out of a pipe on the jet ski, and Marcus Maximus reckless, and we sort of establish the general balance of the cast. Um, I will. I, I just want to jump in because I always like to talk about, I always like to rate you know John Cena's oh first scene in these yep. films like your introduction to him this is probably in the top five if not top three of him just rolling in on a jet ski with his woman ripping ripping a ripping a bong ripping a bowl sorry ripping a bong i don't know i don't it's know not marie it's not your dog i have Mike. zero i have zero experience <laughs> with marijuana so 
uh, you know, his girl is is smoking, and it's just just the visual is amazing. He's ten, he's has this hilarious spiky hair, uh, kind of looking like um, for Henry, like a mid mid twenty tens Chris Jericho. With the very, like... John Cena's hair is its own meme now, I think, ever since, like, two years ago, when he showed up with, like, a sort of a semi-flat top, which is what yes. he had when we saw him in Vegas. And, yeah, his hair throughout this movie is, like, a second character. Like, it's mm. very much its own gimmick. It's incredible. He's come a long way from the from the buzz cut, from, like, the army flat top, so... it's Everybody can evolve. Everybody can grow. We're, we're all creatures in progress. And, um... And I, when we were watching uh, Marcus talk to the hotel, uh, Morilio is the hotel concierge she's been talking on the phone with. It was with. incredible, by the way. The concierge, just yep. like the way he plays his scene, I was just like, bravo, sir. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get to. The concierge gimmick is so good in this movie. And like, there's a bit where he has to apologize and tries to fix something and he can't. The best that, Western, like oh no, it's part of the best Western. It's the best. It's after the best Western. So they screw up the room because somebody upstairs overflowed the jacuzzi, and Morillo has been getting. He knows that Marcus is a very anxious planning person, relatable. Um, but Marcus, um, he they they have to find him a new room. He quickly goes from five to four to three star hotels. And but no, this is the best western, sir. Might be the best. It's one of the best lines. The best. It's the best western. Yeah, that was that was brilliant. The best western in the area, according to this. Um, it's one of the better lines in the whole movie. But it's when Marilio accidentally reveals that he, Marcus was going to propose, and he's apologetic and goes, "Okay, I can fix this." <laughs> no, I can't fix this. Yeah, shout out to Marilio, the real the real MVP of this film. Um, but uh, yeah, that's I, that's kind of what brings brings everybody together because Marcus is like, all right, screw it, it's out there. I'm just gonna propose now. It's not not how I wanted to do it. Um, and then you get this really sweet moment of he proposes, she says yes. Ron and Kyla, I believe her name is, are just start cheering loudly, and um, one thing leads to another, and they offer to let them stay at their presidential suite. And they were the ones we discover who did overflow the jacuzzi. Thank you, Florence, for the host. Um, yeah. And the concept, uh, like, I mean, would you actually like stay in a room with a random couple? Like, I, I, okay, I'm obviously it's not true to life, but like from from that point, you know, like this is. They're, I think yeah. maybe actually that's the point. I knew shit was gonna go off the rails. Yeah. And that's a big question. It's like, okay, you're given a binary choice of staying with strangers who are clearly. Um, chaotic in a very messy way or like when Kyla leaves the jet ski like in the middle of the ocean and takes a picture I have a photo of where like, we left <laughs> she's like here I, I took a photo you can easily find it and it's just the water like, it's just I, I don't know who this actress is but like just the way she plays Kyla is incredible yeah she was fantastic I don't know if one of those strangers was John Cena or looked like him I'd probably say yes but in almost any other scenario, it'd probably be a hard no. Meredith Hang Hagner. Meredith Hagner as Kyla. Um, and Lil Rel Howery as Marcus. And Emily is played by... So we've already said John Cena's name. Yvonne Orji. O-R-J-I. That's how... how 
or probably probably not how you say it but let's just let's okay just let's move let's on let's move on, on. Let's just keep on um going. uh but yeah no you're given a binary choice the best western in the airport or the presidential suite with the most chaotic couple you've ever met who look like they're definitely looking for a third yeah they definitely notice them from across the bar yeah for, for those in the know oh yeah um, for sure <laughs> Also, Caitlin, you were you were just on a, a Mexico vacation, so you're going to be our de facto fact checker throughout the uh, yeah. As we go through the you know the plot of this film, you could tell us what 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 parts were accurate, which parts did you experience on your trip? I'm I'm sure there's a lot of overlap, um, including the the best scene in the film. We we teased it before, but they they get in the suite. Uh, Kyla has that great scene where she's like, "Wow, the walls are so thick!" And she, and she just goes in the room and screams. And she's like, "You can't hear anything." This. Yeah, you're not gonna believe this. I just screamed in there. The and hotel like, calls yeah. up, and John Cena's like, "No, no, no, she's okay." Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is where the movie really establishes what it is, because as we said, they they are making margaritas, and I think it was either Marcus or Emily, but they're just like, "Why does the salt not taste salty?" And just completely deadpan. Uh, I think Ron just goes, "Oh, because it's cocaine." <laughs> and that's there. We go. We're off to the races. The question is asked: Why would you put cocaine in margaritas, Mike? Do you remember what the answer to that question is? Because we're on vacation, obviously. What's? Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, do drugs. Is his response? It's John Cena back, even on vacation. Uh, Ron also <laughs> shares a great tip for for how to transport it. Yep. Uh, which I did not know. Apparently, Ziploc in the full champagne bottle is the way to go. Uh, so much more comfortable <laughs> than when, when uh, as Ron said, so much more comfortable than when I had it in my ass. I also, so, sounds, I really... Sounds accurate, yeah. What, one more... Like, how did you transport that? cocaine to Mexico, Caitlin? I didn't take any this time, because uh, there was a lot going on with COVID already. Yeah. I uh, just, you know, kind of wanted to keep it chill. But I, I assume that's the way to go, yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah you lear uh, learned a lot from this film how to how yeah. to kind of vacation properly but yeah, yeah there's I, I was... so many drugs just like so yep. many drugs in this movie but i think we, that was unexpected we also <laughs> learn what ron's job is he is a park ranger in caves and he describes yeah in oregon and he yes. says i'm like batman mm -hmm. if batman's job was to stop kids from jacking off stalagmites which I'm glad you caught that line because I, yes. I I couldn't really make out the rest past jacking off. You gotta finish the sentence. Yeah, Mike. you gotta finish the <laughs> sentence. Right, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep <laughs> I literally just didn't know what he said, but uh, you yeah, were the, laughing this, too hard. This, I get it. This like you know I wasn't planning on taking a ton of notes for this movie, but I ended up writing down like almost everything John Cena said because it's just so quotable and ridiculous. Like we get yeah, to the boat scene and he's just like, God damn sailing makes my dick hard. <laughs> <laughs> and he sees a bird and he, because he's a park ranger, he just knows when a bird is about to poop. And he's like, you know how I can tell a bird's about to shit? Watch. And lo and behold, the bird takes a shit. So it's just, uh, uh, just, it's just so absurd right off the bat. And here's another yeah, so, like, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say like, the the chemistry between Ron and Kyla or the you know John Cena and the actress who plays Kyla is just like they play off each other so well it's incredible like when they crash the boat and like they're just like oh we had to sign a lot of papers for that I'm sure insurance will cover and you realize like they just rented this boat and 
left it out there. And it's just like, I, I loved it. I loved every moment. And this was established as their MO because that just happened with a jet ski. Like it's, oh, that's not, that's, why is Mark, Marcus is shocked when it happens. But also they had another binary decision, choose your own adventure thing. Like, okay, you could choose to go on your tour that you're supposed to go on. But it looks packed with tourists and lame. Or you could go yeah, on this private awesome. boat that looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an easy choice. I definitely would have done the, the private pick, boat for I'd sure. i the boat. My one complaint with the Mexico scenes is that it felt sort of like a like a montage. And I feel like there should have been more time spent, I think. Like, there's a lot... Of, of the like wedding part later like i didn't realize so much of it would be wedding and not mexico like the vacation part of vacation friends really needed to yep that's needed that's, some more time that's my single biggest issue with this movie i i thought the whole film would be the vacation and we'll yeah. we'll, we'll probably get more into it but yeah i thought it really dragged once we got to the start of the wedding stuff yeah. um the montage was really fun, just seeing them go through all these different bars and get all this. You see Kyla beat a dude up. Uh, there was a great little nod for for us wrestling fans because they, they watch a Lucha Libre match. And of yes. course, John Cena goes, are you kidding me? Anyone can do this. Um, and he puts <laughs> Marcus and he puts Marcus in the ring, which is a good fake out. Like, you know, they, they had the restraint to not make John Cena do wrestling stuff. So very mm-hmm. fun stuff. Very fun stuff. This isn't like an everyday of the yeah. week booze-soaked montage package. It's like... There's like a giant, there's like a, when they're pouring you a shot in your mouth gimmick, um, and oh, they just keep pouring because John Cena can just drink an entire bottle shotgunned into his mouth of tequila, because of course. I mean, that's what you do on vacation, yeah. Um, and then this, this ends in one of the most, I think one of the really more jarring scenes in the entire movie, where they're, um, on the beach. And yes. Kayla decides yeah. to talk to, no sorry Kyla decides to talk to uh, Emily and when she Caitlin what did you think of this <laughs> this, this was incredible okay so <laughs> Kyla and Emily are like bonding on the beach it's so cute and then like Kyla just says a bunch of like crazy shit and you're like oh is she is she actually in trouble did Ron like kidnap her like what's going on and it's just a total fake out and I was like Kyla, I love you so much. Like this is incredible. <laughs> it was it was one of those uh at this like I would have it was one of many fake outs in the film, but at this point the movie was already so absurd that I would have believed that twist. If it was suddenly John Cena is a is a murderer and has this woman hostage, I would have rolled with it because at this point the movie established that it's willing to just go to the most bizarre lengths. It's basically a movie of head fakes in a lot of ways and a lot of like misunderstandings. And that's sort of like the, the kind of yeah. sitcom movie it is, which, yeah. hey, everything's for everybody. It's good. Um, but then and I love that he actually had a gun. And so you're like, OK, maybe she wasn't. Lying. Yeah. And then and then he wants to play this game where he puts a bottle on Marcus's head and shoots it off. And it happens so quickly that you're like, oh, my God, someone's definitely dying like right now. But then. He wants to try it on himself. <laughs> I just love that he walks around with a bandage on. A him. giant gauze wrap around his head and a giant bleeding. Like, bleeding. Yeah. And Ron did it. He didn't mind at all. He's like, he just grazed it. Yeah. <laughs> there is so much this movie decides to leave out. Like, it's very interesting. What it, the editing choices are very funny in a way. Like, oh, we're gonna skip that. Uh, something later in the movie, you'll like wait. 
okay, we're gonna have a wedding without. Um, but like the big moment in the the next big moment, that whole scene was the forehead kiss, which is sort of like one of my best story beats of this movie because it's it's like a roller coaster goes all these, but it's like this wholesome moment that keeps happening when one of these men kisses the other man on the forehead, and it shows that male friendships can be loving and caring, and it's really adorable and like. Cena, when he says salam and he kisses Marcus on the forehead, it's like, oh man, there's a human underneath this giant, like, pile of, like, improv sketch comedy that he's been doing this whole time. Once COVID calms down a bit, uh, that's how I want to greet all my male friends going forward. <laughs> I feel like handshakes are so outdated at this point. I mean, every friend should kiss their friends on the forehead. This is, like, we should normalize that. That's Agreed. how you greeted Rami back before COVID, right? Yeah, but that was an exception. <laughs> but um, so the gun comes out and it turns out the gun is a gift from Ron's friend, Charlie. And it has a message on the butt of the gun. De oppresso liber. Um, and that translates to from being an oppressed man to being a free one. Um, and this is your first inkling that Ron is not the man who we think he is. Um, and yeah, it's we learn about Marcus and Emily's dad have a rough relationship and suddenly they're getting married on the fly with a makeshift minister. And yeah, that's like the cave scene is, uh, <laughs> yep. is really incredible. I mean, I really, I enjoyed it, uh, because it, it leads up to like the cliff jumping and this is the catalyst for a plot twist later in the movie. Um, but I, yeah, I just love that scene because it, it foreshadows so much, including the ending of the movie. Um, and it's just like really sweet. Pay unhinged, yeah. Deep, deeply unhinged. Yeah. Yep. The, the, that's what this movie, if you had to synopsize this movie in one sentence, it's really unhinged, but sweet. Yeah. I think I texted both of you after I watched it and I was like, just complete batshit. Like, just, mm -hmm. I don't even know what this was that I just watched. Yeah. But yeah, unhinged, but sweet. Yes. And so Mike, and they I go think... back to the hospital, they go back to the hotel, right, Mike? Yeah, and yeah, speaking of unhinged and sweet, uh, it's time to party. It's time to celebrate this wedding that just happened in a cave. Um, and yeah, they're, they are going full on partying like there is no tomorrow. There is cocaine everywhere. Uh, they're having a great time. We see John Cena's completely naked butt. Uh, which I think this is the, the second time in his filmography we've seen. The second, uh, first time was Blockers, of course. Yep, the butt chugging um, scene. I'm not sure where, how I would rank this. I don't think anything tops the butt chugging scene. No, you can't um, top. This, this butt was chugging. a nice. Yeah, I don't know if this was actual. Like, if there was a if there was a double or if this was John himself. It's hard to really find yeah. a double for that man. If you know what I'm saying. But um, uh, but we also um, this is when John when um, Ron tries to open a bottle of liquor with a corkscrew, <laughs> and it's <laughs> yeah, we've and all that, been there. We've yeah. all been there. <laughs> Listen, that, that was—I mean—that was the—that was the tamest thing that happened in this whole sequence. We see that Marcus, Marcus is really messed up. He's dizzy. He passes out. When he wakes up, everyone's still partying, doing coke. Um, there's some lovemaking going on, uh, not just between the couples, but there's you know a bit of swapping. Is, is there's something? It's mysterious. Marcus thinks he's, from Marcus's point of view, he thinks he might be having sex with uh, Kyla, which. Hmm? But the weirdest thing is during this, when you see Cena's butt, he blurrily says, like, slow-mo, 
Hey, that bird's about to take a shit. <laughs> I actually, I don't think I caught that. Or there's, yep. there was just so much happening that yep. I, I don't think I, I fully internalized that part. It was an extremely chaotic scene. Yeah, <sighs> you, you're excused from not remember getting that no, moment. Yeah. But after the, they wake up and the light almost, it seems like they tur- either pumped in more light with spotlights into the room in the setting or they just messed with it in post-production because they're evidently trying to show the hangover visually which Mm -hmm. okay that felt extremely relatable yeah i was about to say fact checking you wake up you you have to get to the airport you're like i'm actually dead right now but like i will get on this plane (laughs) and then you run into your friends you were just with last night who offer you more tequila for breakfast oh my god just that scene made me, me. <laughs> yeah. That scene made me a little nauseous. I, I wasn't even drinking. Shrimp nachos in the morning at the airport after a hangover is the biggest way to moment I shrimp could imagine. Shrimp nachos do sound do sound pretty good, but yeah, in that okay, context, no. I'm allergic to shrimp. Maybe I have a different reaction, but like, and then they're but, but Ron, yeah, Ron and Kyla are screaming like, "Hey, do you want some?" Dr-? Like they're making all sorts of like attracting the cops jokes. The, the, the one line the that mule, made me just... The mule joke yep. was, like, incredible. Yeah. The one line after they after they finally let Marcus and, and Emily go, the one line that killed me, that they're just like, hey, hey, stop those two. I think I see some human trafficking. <laughs> like, it just really spoke to my, my horrible sense of humor. And, uh, it was it was incredible. They the offered to bring thing them... Is that, the important thing is that they don't exchange contact information. Like they, Ron and Kyla want to stay friends, so Ron hands over his business card. But Marcus and Emily are like, "We were just vacation friends. Like, we're done here." And then, but they're not telling that to them realize. straightforward. They're trying to be like, "Oh no, we'll see you another time. Farewell." <laughs> yes, he specifically says farewell, which is a f- fine, more yeah. final than goodbye. But. Ron tries to. Ron says, "No, you can keep my my sunglasses, but we're gonna hang out in the future. You're with us forever. We're gonna do double DMT in Oregon." <laughs> so here is where, and and now we kind of get to back to reality. Uh, Marcus and Emily are home, and it's time to prepare for their actual wedding. I don't know why they didn't call it off. They already got married. Why why waste all that time? They even they even mentioned that they're like, as far as I'm concerned, we got married in that cave. Can we just bounce? And this is where the movie kind of slowed to a crawl for me. I didn't really need this much of the kind of wedding weekend. Um, obviously, it was important. It was this is where we get to know the families and we realize like we realize kind of the issues that Marcus and Emily have at home. And like after meeting these insane but really sweet people, they have to go home and deal with parents that have ridiculous expectations or Marcus's parents is that are a little embarrassing. Uh, and Emily's family is very high strung and it's a. Uh, it, it was obviously important, but I think all this stuff went on a little too long. Yeah, the, like, welcome party was, like, a little... That that could have been edited down a lot. Um, but I, I like everything that they do with Emily's shitty brother, Gabe, who um, there's a <laughs> grudge between him and Marcus because Marcus once punched him in the face because of a game of flag football when Gabe was saying, punch me, punch me, because he didn't think Marcus would do it. And that's when he thinks Marcus sucker punched him. Um, but, like, he's trying to fight him. And he's, got, he's brought a buddy named Bennett. who Also, Bennett, by the way, 
in the in the Hall of Fame of D-bag guy names, Bennett is up there. Um, yeah. All all offense to the Bennetts listening and watching. All offense. <laughs> yeah. It's like Chad and Bennett, definitely. Yeah, yeah you, talk, there's talk no way you. there's no way you're not gonna be an asshole with that. No, yep. definitely not. But the welcome party does reintroduce Ron and Kyla, which is important <laughs> in a very big way too. Yes. Because Marcus is saying, I have friends. I have great friends. You couldn't handle my friends. And uh, Mike, are you there? I am here, okay. yeah. It, it sort of freeze-framed for me on you, and it was a very awkward photo. Um, podcast, but, maybe. Um, so uh, you, can, you can't handle my friends. Car crash through the gate. Out pop Ron and Kyla. Because they tracked them down with concentric circles. The concentric circles works every time. And, and they again, literally yeah. go to every wedding in in the area, to, which also doesn't make sense because, like, how would they have found? And there's a lot of plot holes. There's a lot of details that you just are supposed to ignore. Um, but the funny part is when Ron and Kyla meet Emily's parents, specifically Ron and Emily's dad. Like the you don't realize that Ron was in the military, so that's like a whole plot point that. That really comes out right then. His jacket yeah. reveals that he was a green beret, and it, and so was Marcus. So was Emily's dad, I guess. And they love each other instantly, even though Marcus is like telling jokes. So even though even though Ron is telling jokes about putting his, somebody putting their fists somewhere, like it's very inappropriate and fun in that way. But Marcus is like, please don't talk about the Mexico trip, the crazy. And then Emily, uh, Kyla, and Ron are like. The crazy should the one of the Mexico one of the crazy things about the Mexico trip is why we came here. We have to talk about the Mexico trip, and remember that, folks. Yep. Um, because, just the way that all plays out is just like it's so cringe, but like. <laughs> yep. The oh yes yeah the way Kyla describes so this is where Kyla lets yep. them know that she's pregnant. She does it in the most elaborate and, and disgusting way possible. I um, love this. Not uh, Ganta, really? Also, very, very emotionally manipulative. Like, yes. it's incredibly well done. Yes. I, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll keep it semi-PG, but she says she, there's, she has a growth, so we think there's cancer or something. And she's like, no, the doctor said it's coming out on its own. <laughs> and it's revealed, no, this is a child that's growing inside of her. Like, she's been wearing this big coat the whole night, which is i don't know if that would really have cut like she's very pregnant under the coat i'm not sure the coat would have really hit it that well but yeah she's just like bam and marcus is immediately like seven seven months right and emily's like nah five months and there's He's that whole conversation history yeah it's it's incredible um but yeah so we so we have this we have this new dilemma we we realize that kyla's pregnant it may be marcus's baby knowing what went down before so that's the big thing hanging over our heads. But, uh, you know, we, the, the, the wedding weekend proceeds um, and we get to a point where. Well, I, in terms of memorable John Cena quotes, Mike, we can't forget when they get Ron and M, Ron and Kyle get checked into the presidential suite because Green Berets help each other out, et cetera. And when he, John, when John Cena enters the presidential suite, he yells to Mar Emily's father. Permission to shit my pants, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> I did not catch that, so thank you. Uh, another incredible quote, but yeah, I think the next day it is, and you two remind me what they're actually doing because they are all out. Uh, it's a fox hunt. 
a fox hunt. But it's okay, not really so a fox all... hunt because the fox, yes. it's like a fox walk or something. Like there's no real here's, fox. Here's where I wrote down, you know, uh, there's there's been that meme going around. You both have seen this where as John Cena gets older, he looks more and more like Jim Varney from the Ernest films. And this scene, he really freaking looked like Jim Varney because he's wearing the camo gear. Like he's wearing the ridiculous camo hat. Um, and I just thought his whole get up was incredible. But this is probably the best. We're getting to the best and most insane scene of the entire film. Um, because Ron is kind of walking Marcus around, showing him, teaching him things he learned as a ranger. Like, oh, you could actually eat all these different plants and and things, you know, things growing out of nature. And Marcus is eating all of it. He's loving it. This is pretty good. He eats moss at some point. Um, he eats what's called, like, nature's onions or something well no no uh john cena sees some ramps he goes nature's cousin or something yeah but the onion nature's he like hands him onion. back a he, he hands him back a mushroom at one point and he goes you know this one's called the devil's dick and marcus doesn't think twice and he just eats it and he wasn't supposed to eat this specific mushroom as like john cena's character is explaining like oh wow this will like really fuck you up like you'll see god like you'll be reborn and marcus has already swallowed the entire mushroom and this is when things get like really <laughs> really intense it's again a lot of drugs in this movie yeah it's, like a lot and because ron thinks oh no it takes it 20 minutes for it to activate it's not gonna oh early first timers don't have that when Oh, and then we get my favorite scene, Mike. What music video do they recreate in this movie? Oh, forget. So what you want by it's so what you want by the Beastie Boys. And oh. when that happened, I was like I dancing it. on my couch practically, like in like doing yeah. the whole side shimmy shuffle, and like yeah. it was so well done. This whole the yeah. way they do the lighting effects and everything. Yeah, I don't, I, it's it's such a hard thing to visually describe. But yeah, it looked like that video. It looked like a straight '90s MTV music video. The colors were all distorted. The imagery was all distorted. Their voices were really deep to really drive home that Marcus was tripping really bad. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I love that Ron just like decides to. He's like, "All right, I'm taking this trip with you. Like, I I will be your your guide through this." Which like. If I were accidentally high as balls, I would really want someone to yeah. help me out. <laughs> it helps. Yeah, it certainly helps. Or at least I assume it would. Flo has suggested that I voted for Beastie Boys and they were on TRL. Flo is correct. I also voted for Limp Biscuit because Limp Biscuit forever. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a that's a opinion. <laughs> it's a correct opinion. Um, yeah, okay. But then we're Ron and Marcus want to catch the fox. To impress um, her oh dad. God, the fox is <laughs> incredible. Meanwhile, they see a fox. Yeah, well, no. Before they see the fox, though, I want to say Emily is talking her father down because we found that her father had a problem with his future son-in-law. No, no, his his he had a problem with his future father-in-law at his wedding, and so he's about to be nice to Marcus. And then, Caitlin, what happens with the fox? So the fox attacks Marcus, or we think it's a fox. It looks like a fox. It looks like a deranged fox. Like, but it turns out things are not what you what they seem when you're tripping on devil's dick. We've all been there, and it's uh, it turns out it was just a little dog. In fact, I believe was it uh, was it Emily's dad's dog? Yep, it's Emily's dad's yeah. dog. Who he loves. He was like doing the whole that thing where people kiss their dogs on the mouth thing about ten like ten minutes ago. The thing that I just don't like. Okay, people do that. Um, like it's Tom Brady and his son, basically. 
Um, but like it's <laughs> they, oh, that's the thing, Google. Um, but um, so basically, um, everybody is freaking out at this, and they try to calm him down. But then Marcus and Emily's father have a conversation, and the devil's dick is still um, hitting, as you could say, because he starts to see Emily's father as a clown. And, and he makes it known. He literally, Marcus starts laughing hysterically and just says out loud, you're a clown. Uh, and Emily's dad is not happy about this. And Ron, being the greatest wingman, best friend, best man you could ask for, does an incredible job covering for him. He's like, isn't a wedding just a circus and you're at the center of it all? It does such a good job appealing to uh, appealing to Emily's dad and basically gets them out of that mess. So again, shout out to Ron, the real MVP, the best friend you could possibly ask for. And then Marcus and his brothers-in-law have another argument and they just... It's going back to the Marilio thing, basically, here with the dialogue cadence for Lil Rel Howery, where people just keep going, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And it's just, like, weird little, like, it's not exactly the Exorcist bit, but, like, it's sort of in there in terms of, like, the rapid fire of it all. Um, we then cut to em uh, Emily and Kyla in the bridesmaids sort of room, and they're d it, seem it seems like there's a problem with finding stakes in the area. Caitlin... If you're in Mexico, or if you're at a wedding, and you're trying to source steaks, Caitlin, where would you try to source your steaks from? You know, it wouldn't be a Waffle House to start, but, like, I could see how Waffle House would have incredible steaks. I mean, they do everything just to perfection. So, um, yeah, I would maybe start at, like, an Outback, but uh, Kyla, you know, suggests Waffle House, and this sets the stage for a, a later Waffle House uh set so um incredible but yeah the the kyla bridesmaids in the spa situation was like extremely i i felt deeply for her she was like she was definitely out of place she's being so earnest they thought she was joking when she's like oh i have ron and i have this amazing restaurant we go to anytime we're stressed anytime we need to get away and they're like what's it called she's like oh it's called waffle house and they all thought it was a bit um, and I can relate to that because, you know, I genuinely like a lot of basic silly things. We're literally, Henry and I and some of our friends, were planning a big Applebee's outing and we bought shirts just for this outing. So, Kyla, I am with you. There's nothing wrong with, with loving chain restaurants and going to them regularly. Do you think Waffle House paid for um, placement in this movie? I don't think they need the the exposure. Like Waffle House is good. They're they're big time. Okay. Yeah. No, I I just wonder. Like it's sometimes when you know you see like a, a chain restaurant get like repeated mentions, you just I just sort of jump to the whole. Huh. Wonder how this happened. Um, it's not like when you see an iPhone in yeah. an Apple TV Plus show. You're just, oh, um, but like uh, now this thing is it's a golf. There everybody's gonna go golfing now. It seems like. Okay, so this is extremely like accurate this, this, this is golf situation yes. caitlin you are the golfer of of this group yes. so yeah walk walk us through the scene and how 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 accurate it is to real life yeah so it's it's customary to like bet on you know like if you'll par at a certain hole like who who will like you know come under so the the brothers-in-law uh the brother-in-law and his bff are like they want to place bets with uh Ron and Marcus, and this is where things get like a little 
ridiculous because they're betting a lot of money and it turns out that Ron doesn't know how to golf or we think he doesn't. Uh, it's like a hundred dollars yeah. a hole or a thousand dollars a hole. It's like I think it's a hundred. Yeah, but and then yeah, double or nothing on yeah, and then twice as much on the back nine, and like it's because it's the whole uh, brothers-in-law thing because Emily's brothers are just Emily's brother and his best friend Bennett are just assholes and like there's a Ferrari that gets bet. Yeah. Like they bet the, the Ferrari, Ferrari gets bet. Yeah, he said he. Mona just sent us emojis. New. Hi, Mona. Thank you for the emojis, Mona. Oh, I wish I could see this. Hi, Mona. Um, I'll send you a um, screenshot later. Okay, thank you. Shout out to uh, all the babies watching us live right now. Yeah. Probably not age appropriate, but it's okay. She, I don't yeah. think she's, she can understand what we're saying yet. Um, but so then it's betting and. So, so Marcus and Ron cannot golf for shit, which like I've seen this happen so many times. Like the dudes place bets, like they cannot golf and they're just hoping that the other, the other players also can't golf. But uh, the brother-in-law and his best friend are, like, really good. So they get to the 18th hole, and they're, like, Ron wants to, like, double it. He wants the Ferrari in on it. But, like, we realize that he got all of this money because he pawned the wedding rings, Marcus's wedding rings. Yeah, the and, very like, expensive family heirloom wedding rings that Emily's father gave to Marcus to hold have been so pawned. he's just got, like, so much money, but it's from these rings. That's going to end well, right? Um, and so John Cena, in the most slow motion moment ever, um, as I tweeted at the time, is John Cena about to Uncle Phil this fucking golf game? Because I flashed back to that moment on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when Uncle Phil was a, like a grifter in pool. And like, but, and he almost hits the ball perfectly and then it nips a couple of thistles on a tree at the top of a tree. And it's, mm -hmm. you don't know where it goes. But it might, it looks like it could have gone there, get, but it wasn't the, green the And they're like, we don't see it. We don't see it. Like you, you fucked up. Like we won everything. And then he's like, he's like, check the hole. Check the cup. Check the cup. <laughs> check the cup. And lo and behold, there it is. And, and uh, Ron hits the hole at one. We had, he was sandbagging this whole time. That's oh. like literally impossible. It's like 375 yards. There's no way he like, so I, yeah. I think that he, he was working with the, uh, well, yeah. He was, but we forgot one part that there was actually, they thought it was a much nearer hole and much nearer green at first. They thought it was a different, and like, no, 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 the green for this hole is that way. And it's like 10 times as far away, and it's like a physically impossible. And yeah, we turned out Ron's been working with the guy who helped him get beers on the court. He's been bribing him with $100 bills or tipping him with $100 bills. Um, in this economy. Which is the real thing. They do they do come around and, and take your drink orders, which is like... Uh, it's pretty awesome. Not gonna lie. It's like Vegas casinos. They're everybody, but they're not, they're not free drinks in uh, on the golf They are course. not. They are not free. No, absolutely not. <laughs> the real question, Caitlin, can do you think you could beat Ron in golf? I mean, up until the 18th, absolutely. Like I could, okay. I I could. But I want to see this matchup, John Cena. If you're watching, the challenges, the get, the gauntlet has been thrown down. Yes, happy to. I don't know. Attempt it. <laughs> Accept the challenge, you coward. Um... <laughs> Done. All right. Should we talk about the uh, the, the really big scene coming up? Well, with Marcus and Ron. Yeah. Um, it turns out Marcus, uh, we, they got to get the um, rings back, though, 
But the problem right, is they win. They win. They win the Ferrari, yeah. which is incredible. But Ron is like, we'll give it back. I just wanted to like prove a point, which is, you know, morals. I like that. Um, so they have to run back to the pawn shop before it closes. And the Ferrari scene is pretty incredible. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> they fucking Tokyo drift that fucking car into the thing. And it's sort of amazing. More than sort of amazing. It's brilliant. And... But they do get the rings back. Mm-hmm. But then things things go even further off the rails than they've been. I could see this coming from a mile away, by the way. Like, I knew this was going to happen. Well, they did that weird thing where, what's it called? It's a Rube Goldberg device. I never remember that name. And throughout my, my notes, I'm like, I always forget what this is. This is gimmick when a series of little things happen in order to trigger something else. Um, because one thing, the analysis. Wow. one thing leads Rube to Goldberg. another. One thing leads to another, and a uh, Ron says that bird's about to shit, and a bird <laughs> takes a dump almost in the way of. But uh, Marcus is still holding the rings, and he trips and drops the rings into the gutter. No, no, no. Ron like like pushes him back just a little bit because he's like he could see it coming. Like the oh. bird was gonna shit on Marcus's head. So Ron like pushes him just enough that Marcus drops the rings. And they roll into the grate, because, of course, there's a grate right there. And the rings are gone. And Marcus loses his fucking mind. <laughs> Which, like, to be fair, I would, too. That's a lot for a day. Like, I mean, Ron, Ron just didn't want him to get his shoes dirty. He's just being a good friend. And yeah. Marcus keeps repeating that. You didn't you didn't want me to get my shoe. You, you carried on my shoe. And he just can't finish the sentence. The rage is consuming him. So he, the... he, choke, he chokes him out. And yeah, here's where we get what we think is the big reveal, because he's literally choking Ron, and Ron is explaining what happened, and he basically says, I need to tell you something. Before Mexico, the doctor said I was sterile. Um, and then eventually, that's that eventually gets Marcus to let go. Uh, Ron still passes out, but that's when Marcus is, is like, crap, the baby really is mine. Or, and, or so he thinks. And he thinks that Ron knows that the baby is his. Like, there's a lot of unsaid concern here. Yes. But it's like a very impolite choking. And it's basically we're back to the ceremony. Interesting way to phrase that. That was why I wrote in my notes. Well, actually, no. What I wrote in my notes was Cena accepting the choking because he doesn't try to stop him, which is the weirder part of it. He's just like yeah. not forcing him off, which is like, oh, you're a good friend. I guess maybe. he's he's also a pro wrestler, so he knows how to sell these. Well, he's a he's a he's a Green Beret Park Ranger. I mean, yes, but yes, if we're going to use pro wrestling in, vernacular, in, yeah, I'm, the kayfabe, Mike, the kayfabe. Yes, um, yes. But so we get back to the wedding, and it seems like Emily also knows about the uh, pregnancy. What? Yeah. So yeah. So I, I guess. Ron gives what I Ron and Kyla are giving a speech. I believe they're giving a toast to to the bride and groom to be, and they basically say something along the lines of, you know, Marcus, you are going to be part of your legacy is going to be part of our family forever. And Marcus is freaking out. He's like, damn, they're going to tell everybody. So he's like, screw it. He takes the mic. He's like, it's my baby. I did it. I got Kyla pregnant, and kind of the whole room goes silent. All the while, uh, it turns out all of Ron's, all of Marcus's co-workers have shown up at the wedding. Also, David Lum oh, just said, weird. yeah, 
forgot to yeah. uh, mention that yeah. Marcus is the owner of a construction company, but didn't want any of his workers to come to the wedding because like he's like his father-in-law thinks what he does is like embarrassing and like, you know, he introduces him to everyone as a construction worker. So Marcus is like, uh, the wedding is just for her family. Like, sorry, you guys can't come. But Ron invites them all. So they show up to this like pre-dinner situation. And so everyone is hearing this speech. And then Ron and Kyla are like, oh, no, we just meant that like we're going to name the baby after you. Like, it's it's not your baby. <laughs> so he makes this like totally cringeworthy speech like trying to do the right thing and you're like and you think that emily like knows that he's the father of the baby but it turns out emily has her own secret from this mexico trip she was the one who hooked up with kyla and i think ron says something about yeah it's hot like he says something to that measure but um in the meantime yes it turns out ron is the father he says, and he explains, you, you remember the jump off the cliff? I said, cover your balls. Well, it fixed my balls. Mike, how did yeah. it fix his balls? Um. Well, the the analogy he used is that it put the eight ball back in the pocket or something along those lines. So I guess, you know, there was some kind of realignment that happened and it turns out Ron is no longer sterile and he is now a father to be. It's very medically accurate i'm sure that's yeah for sure yeah um 100 yeah. we'll get the we'll get um florence to explain she's a parent um but like the thing i think she i'm, I'm I, <laughs> that's what the joke is Moving that's what the gimmick is poor, poor um, flow. no no poor flow. um but no um Mar emily's brother is very angry at marcus and he screamed he's like you're not good enough for her you're ruining our family and so marcus punches him in the fucking face again I cheered out loud for that. That was so cathartic. That was great. Because yeah. he was such an asshole, and I was so happy to see him get knocked out. Yeah. And then pandemonium ensues. And of course, why not? <laughs> Flo says uh, she's pulled a Jon Snow here. Flo writes, LOL, I know nothing. Um, and then um, it turns out Mar Emily's father demands for the rings back, to which Marcus goes, They're in the sewer, man. <laughs> and <laughs> chaos ensues. Fighting everywhere, and we get some. Yeah, mean... Marcus's employees are like trying to hold uh, Emily's dad back. It's a whole brawl. But yes, yeah. let's go on. Ron throws people left and right. <laughs> but then this leads to like a friend breakup because uh, this was like this was really sad because you know Ron and Kyla like have their hearts in the right place. They're completely fucking insane, but like. They're trying we, to be good friends. We all, we all know, we all have those people in our lives. Uh, yes. We jump, we jumped over the fact that all this time Kyla has been chatty with Emily's grandmother, who never talks to oh, anybody, yes. and it turned mm -hmm. out um, Kyla works as an assistant to a doctor of sorts, uh, a doctor who has a very um, interesting name, if I remember correctly. It was, just, it seemed suspicious or sus, as the kids would say. Oh, I didn't remember the name. Neither. What was the name? It was like she has a, she has a very off the books job. Is, is yeah, the important thing to know. And, and she's like, I love the benefits, but she didn't mean like healthcare or you know insurance. She's like, no, free pills, which comes into play with the grandma because now she's you know she's sharing the goods and grandma is you know talking up a storm now. So Emily thinks that Kyla has been drugging her grandmother, 
and is just like it's all too much it's too much they like emily and marcus lose their minds they say a lot of horrible things we were just vacation really... friends we're not real friends which is like that I mean, hurt me hurtful yeah it was really mean but you can also see how the emotional roller coaster leading up to this moment, like, I can't say I wouldn't do the same. I might, like, have lost my shit. Yeah, Marcus and Emily had gone through a lot at this point. Very yeah. traumatizing. Mm -hmm. And we cut to the next morning, and everybody's drunk and hungover, and the construction workers are still drinking. And they bring in Harold, uh, Emily's father, who is also still drinking and is sort of, like, goofy at this point. And he admits that he's a lot he's he's a lot like Marcus because Marcus's employees said that he's a stickler for the work and a hard ass and he sees himself in Marcus, which is like a very true to character way for them to reconcile. Like it, it was sweet. Yeah, they all they all vouch for him. They they mention that he basically paid for all of them out of pocket to start his company and you know, that that really that kept Emily's dad on Marcus's side. Like, you know what, you are a good guy. But Emily and, sorry, Kayla and Ron are nowhere, but they left a gift. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It's Kayla, wholesome. Do you want to walk us through what they got? Well, well, first we have to talk about the grass. The, the, they were not pills. Well, they were pills, weren't they? It was like natural. Yeah, medicine. it was er like it was herbal remedy pills uh, that were getting grandma to, and she was in so much pain because of the other pills. Like, it just seems like this is a case of like that movie I care a lot, where like the elderly are being misprescribed tons of t terrible medicine. Yeah, I didn't watch that, but yeah. Um, try to watch it before uh, without knowing who the other main actor is, because it's a great reveal. Um, the one who isn't on the main poster. Um, but they, um, it turns out Kayla has left a ha giant handwritten note, which is adorably large, largely written in markers, like a sharpie. It was super cute. What is the word? I forget. What is the word she, she like spelled out in the letter? B-I-T-C-H, right? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, wait, I realize you probably don't have to spell that out in a letter. And it was just the whole the thing. <laughs> yeah, it was so the whole thing was so hilariously written. But also, it was, it was also really sweet. She wrote this, you know, kind of apology note. She, I think, she specifically said, "Sorry, we cocked everything up," which is a funny word choice. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then they opened the gift that's beneath it, and it turns out they found the rings and they got them back. And I genuinely, you know, kind of got my feels a little bit here. Like this was so sweet. Yeah, I felt so sweet. bad for them. It was such a nice gesture. And then obviously. This is where Marcus and Emily are like, we have to get them back. We have to find them. I just love in the letter that she was like, you might want to wash these before you wear them. Even though they looked like, perfectly, oh. glimmeringly clean, too. Like, they didn't look <laughs> dirty. Yeah. It was sort of awful. But, like, she explains in the letter that, like, Ron has been, like, super fucked up from the death of his friend Charlie. And that's why he was, like, so emotional about being friends with Marcus. And it's, like, really sweet. And that you don't realize it all at this time. And like at one point, Mar um, I think my favorite moment for actually for John Cena's character in this whole movie is when I think early on when they're on the beach, he shows Marcus's friend Charlie on the phone. And it's a photo of uh, John Cena and this very l big, big grinning, smiling, uh, bearded ginger, ginger man. And Marcus is like, he, that's, that is a white man with a beard and red hair. 
he and I look nothing alike. And it's, but Ron goes, but your spirit is the same. You have this hard exterior, but like one, I don't have the words because I, I didn't write it down, but it's like one cracked through and all the juicy gushiness comes out or something. It's like a very interesting choice. Yeah. Of, it was a choice. Relatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, but, uh, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's time it's time to get them back. And they, again, I love you know I love the callbacks. This movie is very very good with its callbacks because yes. um, they're like, all right, they don't have we don't have their phone numbers, they don't have phones. How the hell are we going to find them? And they're both just like Waffle House, and we're going to go to every single one in the area, much like how Ron uh, and uh, Kyla Kyla found Kyla found found the wedding. They're going to do that whole kind of ranger style circular approach. So they go yeah. Waffle, Waffle House, Waffle House, Waffle House. They finally find them, and obviously Ron and Kyla are not in the best mood. No. Well, I love that they pull up to the parking lot of, like, the last Waffle House, and, like, I think Ron has parked the Ranger truck, like, crashed into, like, like a mail holder or something, like, and they're like, oh, obviously, like, they're, they're here. <laughs> That's their signature right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they, they walk into the Waffle House. They're super apologetic. Ron is like overwhelmed and kyla's just fucking pissed she's like not having it which yeah and ron is not really ready to forgive and forget but um marcus knows his weakness yeah he kisses him on the forehead and says so long because i I think ron says something like how do i know you're being genuine or how do i know like when they say we need you back like how do you how do i know you mean that and then yeah there it is a little smoochy it's very sweet it really I is, love, yeah. Very heartwarming scene. And then, then we just jump back to Mexico because, as I said earlier, yeah. this movie has very interesting edits because yeah. no need There's to no see wedding. the wedding of the yeah. Because and you want to know why they didn't do that? That is a cost. Like you don't want to spend the money on filming a giant mass wedding. Like that, that is a very clever, I believe, cost-cutting move to stop not have to film a hundreds of people procession in like all the rows of stuff. And, and and the wedding that mattered happened in the cave which yes. all comes full oh, circle okay because circle <laughs> at the waffle house they explained that they have decided to get married because they were like not going to get married but now with the baby they're going to get married and so we jump to their wedding which happens in the same cave in mexico with the same efficient and everyone is there and it's just like a big party in a cave, which like honestly sounds like the best possible way to get married. Truly, like you know, just run in a cave, cocaine margaritas. The cocaine margaritas come back, and uh, Emily's father has no idea what he's in for. <laughs> I love it. And then they they do another jump off the cliff, and it's like perfect. Just like nailed it. Yeah. Kyla very, very says something. Of, happy ending. Kyla's like, yeah. Am I, I'm a mother now. Am I going to do this? And she's like, of course I'm going to do it. It's very much like, yeah, these people are staying who they are. And yeah. now that sets us up perfectly for honeymoon friends. Because yeah. we've had a wedding. Now it's time to go on a honeymoon. Who knows where? I assume it won't be Mexico. I assume it'll be somewhere else. I sort of <laughs> hope it's a European vacation. A that would be fun. Yeah. yeah, but basically I, this whole movie was just like a romantic comedy between two couples, which is like, you don't really see that very often. So it was, I, I enjoyed it. I did too. You know, I was, and I, I kind of mentioned this earlier. I, I think I think I'm higher on the movie now having talked about it with you two for the past hour. Because like, and granted, I think 
again, watching it last night, I, there was a lot that I enjoyed. I thought, especially the entire vacation scene was great. I thought it ended on a really great note. And the stuff in between really dragged for me, the beginning of kind of the wedding weekend. Um, so it felt a little long and a little very all over the place with pacing and editing and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think it nailed the important things for this kind of movie, which it was the co the silly parts were really silly and the heartwarming parts were, were really feel good and heartwarming. It's just yeah, like that. I think there were like too many subplots, I think, like the brother-in-law, the dad, like the, you know, the whole, uh, it turns out the point of contention for this whole movie was the pregnancy, which like you don't even focus on until like an hour into it. And it's like. Okay, I thought the drama was going to be, like, the vacation. That's only, like, ten minutes. Okay, the drama is with Emily's dad. Nope, just kidding. It's that Kyla's pregnant and we're not sure who's the father. So I think it kind of lost its way when we leave the vacation part. But you're right. Like, it nailed the important parts. It was sweet. It was funny. It kind of reminded me of, like, early 2000s comedies where you're like, like, why does it need to be so over the top? Like, it's, I, if, yeah. I think if it hadn't been on Hulu, we would have seen, like, a lot more sexual jokes. It's, it's very much from that, like, Judd Apatow school of yeah. comedy. Mm -hmm. Just really gross, really silly, really mm -hmm. over the top. Yeah. And it worked. Like, it, it, is, it knows what it is, and it's not trying to be... But you're right, they could have edited some stuff out. Um, and so... Since we're near the at the end of today's uh, sort of recap slash review, Mike, I have to ask you. We have our little rating system here. We give yes. movies a, and I think we sort of rate these not just as the quality of the movie, but the quality of the John Cena ness of the film. Uh, of course, Mike has put on the John Cena hat he bought in Las Vegas. Um, this is important. This is we're scoring the movie. I need my I need my thinking cap. What happens in a, Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. Uh, yes, so there, this this had to not. So yeah, so it is time to score the movie as we do here on Cinephiles on our five knuckle shuffle scale. Of course, one being the you know best to worst, five being the best. Um, I'm just gonna throw it out there. This movie is probably sitting at a three point five for me. The Ferdinand. I I'm looking at the other movies and how I relate to it, and I sort of think it it, does, it definitely feels somewhere between Ferdinand and Blockers. Like Blockers is a four point five. So I would almost say four, but like the problem of that, like the 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 cuts that should have been made, there were so many cuts and you could have cut more. I do think also it's on Hulu. They could have gone crazier. Like I I do think this yeah. movie could have been as I, I'm saying that this movie could have gone crazier. There is a gun. There's an open wound on a on a man's head. There is rampant drug use. They could have still gone crazier. And yeah, I do think. I think 3.5 is about right. I do, because it, it definitely, it's not reinventing anything. It's just giving John Cena a chance to be really weird. And, like, he hits his stuff out of the park. Like, this is not a rating on his performance. It's not, like, judging. Yeah, I'm willing to go 3.5. And um, thank you again, Kate. Yeah, I was going to say, Caitlin, any, uh, any thoughts, disagreements with that score? 
No, I think, I, I mean, I don't think I've seen any other John Cena movie, but 3.5 sounds about right. You should yeah. see Blockers at the very least. Um, when we were trying to figure out who to invite on for what episode, you were one of the people who we th had thought about for Blockers because it's a very good, like, teen comedy where the parents are also weirdos. Um, Ike Barinholtz is in it. Leslie Mann is also in it. Um, some other people have smaller roles. Um, that is the uh, yeah. That is the the second best uh, film on our ranking, I believe. That's that's the other thing that brings us to. So of course, this is uh, for all intents and purposes our season finale. We have kind of gotten through all mm -hmm. of John Cena's movies to date, uh, and he, there's not much coming out until uh, the Peacemaker HBO Max show next year. So yeah, we've been scoring these movies as we go, and I think we'll shortly uh, after this we'll be putting out kind of our definitive ranking. So look out for that on Twitter. We're gonna put out a nice big list of uh, how these movies actually. I think I see Henry trying to order the scorecard right now. I have a project <laughs> on how I'm gonna order them. Like I have a, like a way to present it online. Like I have yeah. an idea. Um, I'm gonna break out the pixel meter for this one. Um, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> But uh, just okay. to, uh, yeah, just to tease, I mean, just, just to put everything in context. So to date, uh, The Suicide Squad is, has come out uh, the winner of this current batch of films. Oh, I did see that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So yes, from, I agree. Yes. I agree. Uh, not only was it a great film, but John Cena's Peacemaker was incredible. I love this. Yeah. I think there's a recent trend between Suicide Squad, Vacation Friends, and Blockers. Like, getting to see jo John Cena fully unhinged and these r-rated movies where he could do whatever he wants is so much fun he's kind of giving me like the rock vibes but i think he might end up being like a better actor i think it's definitely possible because he's his characters are in service of a story about the character and not a, in service of a story about a natural disaster like yeah the, i think he's yeah. a he's definitely a better comedy actor than the yes, rock by far sure. i feel like the rock mm -hmm. is very good at one particular thing yeah um and john cena can you know be a little flexible are you trying to turn this into are you trying to turn this into a spin-off podcast called uh rock hollywood where we review all the rock movies mike is that what you're you know what we got a lot of free time coming up this fall yep <laughs> um, who knows who knows Stay tuned. but um yeah we've seen a lot lately i think I wanted more out of F9. Like, that's, mm -hmm. I think, when I look through this list, I would say F9, it, 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 mostly because of the hype, and Mike had watched all the Fast and Furious movies in a week before F9, and it's more power to that's him. ridiculous. I had a <laughs> greatest decision I ever made. It's a dedication to the art. Um, and art is in all caps. Uh, Tyrese, is a, <laughs> he, Tyrese is the greatest actor of American history in that movie. Um, but, yeah, no, it's. I think there's definitely... Uh, he John Cena is building a very interesting filmography here, and I'm really curious to see what he does after this stuff. He has a movie called Argyle, and that's sort of what I wanted to get into as our sort of epilogue here. Uh, if we go to IMDb and search for, and I can just go through the Vacation Friends entry. Why am I searching? Um, so I love that his Wikipedia, his IMDb photo is a photo of him on the USA red carpet for some WWE event, by the way. That's my favorite. Um, so he's got a movie called Argyle and then another movie called The Jansen Directive. And Argyle is a spy movie directed by Matthew Vaughn, um, which also stars Dua Lipa and Henry Cavill. So that is going to oh, be an Jesus. interesting. Wow. Yep. <laughs> That's incredible. Okay. I'm yeah. A Matthew Vaughn John Cena movie is a very... 
Also, Bryce yeah. Dallas Howard, Sam Jackson, Brian Cranston, Sam Rockwell, Catherine O'Hara. Like, John Cena is... And that, act. Yeah, that might be... No, that's not even alphabetically organized. Like... Yeah, so much more. I mean, he's you know we've he's been he, he's had major roles so far in thirteen movies. At least we've covered thirteen yeah. movies. But if yeah, it feels like his film career is really just getting started now that he's out of the WWE Studios era of just doing these generic action films because it it was good marketing for WWE. Um, except for the fact that uh, the the Jansen directive kind of smells of early Cena it is a Robert Ludlum novel adaptation. Uh, about former Navy SEAL and prisoner of war, Paul Jansen works as a corporate security consultant, but when an assignment to rescue a VIP goes wrong, he's forced to go on the run. Um, also, the role... That, that has shades, shades of 12 rounds in the Marines. But the there. role was originally meant for Dwayne Johnson, but because of his busy schedule, he was forced to drop out and remains an executive of producer. Course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> so those are the next two John Cena movies in the uh, Wikipedia. Argyle is set for 2022. Um, also, there's another movie, Snafu. It's in post-production. It's also 2022. He plays a character named uh, Chris Horn, Chris Van Horn. Uh, John Cena will be in this movie with uh, Jackie Chan. I think they're the two top build people in this movie. Oh my God, what a combo! Yeah. Uh, so 2022, we're we're gonna be back. We've got at least um, th- four projects for 2022. Um, and stay tuned for whatever yeah, else might, we do with the speed. You might see us. You might see us before then. We might hop on and talk about something random. But yeah, Cinephiles proper. Uh, we will definitely be back reviewing uh, his films and TV shows in full force next year. Yeah, Cinephile season two in twenty twenty two. Expect it. It'll be yeah. too sweet. And Caitlin, thank you again oh, for joining sure. us today. <laughs> um, we we don't know if you'll come back. We would love it if you did, but um. We can't wait to see you hopefully this fall okay. in New York. Um, if you don't know, yeah, if you don't know the, if you don't know the lore of this show, Caitlin was stolen from the East Coast by her home country, the West Coast, um, and now she is living her best life on vacation in Mexico and golfing and being in very warm climates and like we'll get her, we'll get her back. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll we'll see TBD, but I I am looking forward to it. I miss you guys. We miss you too, kid. Um, Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you later.